Um, I know we just, I know we just pray. Yeah, I feel like I'm going to pray. Christians have a tendency to do that. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we love you. We love you. We love your love. We love your presence. We love your heart. We love your face. We seek your face and your heart. And we thank you that you've given us your own spirit, you, your life. And you've given to us abundantly. I thank you that the kingdom of heaven is here. I thank you that you're here. I thank you that absolutely nothing is impossible. I thank you that you're more real than anything else. You are God. And we have the greatest honor to be in love with you, to know you, to follow you. Lord, we worship you, Jesus. Lord, we love you. And I pray that you will continue to shine brightly in our hearts. I pray for the spirit of wisdom and revelation to flood our hearts. Flood us with more light, more light, more light. That we may obey you more and live for you wholeheartedly. Because you deserve nothing less but everything. Jesus, thank you for the nations. Thank you for the lost. Thank you for souls and nations that represented in this room the nations that are going to be reached the lives that are going to be set free the orphans that will be rescued Jesus the marriages that will be healed all the disease that will be healed people that's represented in this room oh we, are, we believe I believe it so many lives and nations are represented right here so we don't take that lightly whatever happens in us we know Lord is going to affect multitudes and nations of the world May Jesus be glorified. May God be true in everything. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Maybe some water at some point. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. I feel better. No, no, I've been feeling good. I just, uh, man, I thank you, Jesus. You know, I... I, I want to uh, very just tell you how much I thank you honored I am to be here. I don't say that because that's what preachers say. Uh, but, um, when I was before I came here, I was this thought came to my mind. What Paul told to the church in Rome. You know, he says your faith is known throughout the whole world. You know, and I, I, I was thinking about you guys and uh, that, you know, your reputation came ahead of me coming here. And uh, that you, you really love Jesus. And I, it means a lot to me. Um, and, and just because I'm, I'm, I love him too. <laughs> um, and, 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 you know, just that you're, this place is full of people, you know, that you want to make a difference with your life. And, uh, and, and so that, that's the reputation I'm talking about. <laughs> you know, that you really love him. Uh, that your love is sincere. Yet what Paul, even when he was writing, he says, let love be without hypocrisy. In other words, let your love be sincere. And, and so I, I, it, your, you know, your reputation was, is out there, okay? <laughs> so I just want to thank you and thank Brand. Uh, I get to meet him and Curtis and the other brother. Just yes, uh, a few uh, just a few weeks ago we were praying together in, in Lafayette area. Um, so I, I am uh, at some point I'm going to show you a little video to get to see the rest of the, the team. 
Uh, I've got a, some, some very simple things to uh, words, I believe, from the Lord. Uh, I am, uh, I, I tend to, you know, I've been in, in, in the United States for 14 years now. Uh, of course, we're on our way, I'm on my way out now, but, um, and I find myself, just the way God made me, you know, and, and gifted me and things, I find myself just sticking very to the basics and, and preach the simple, simple things, simple truths. And, and because I, I've found myself, especially in America, uh, I've, I've been preaching to unbelieving believers, you know, so, uh, and, and so I, I want a tendency to just like, yes, I know that you heard what I'm about to say to you, but pause and listen, because this is what he said, you know, because, you know, when we preach to people that can already finish the, the scriptures, the verses before you actually finish them, you know, there's that tendency like, you know, I, I know, you know, but hold on a second, if you knew, you know, things would be different. And so anyway, so I, it's simple things that I really feel in my heart. Uh, I, I have a tendency to, to challenge people. Uh, when God touched my life, uh, uh, a few years back, you know, it just started to, to preach eventually. And my mom would hear me and, and my mom would tell me, she said, Fabian, are you like, are you going to like always challenge people? <laughs> are you going to always be like this? <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, and then, you know, that started me to preach to her. <laughs> You know, <laughs> so, um, but anyways, but I, 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 I'm sure I will, but I really, I feel some things just to encourage you pretty much on faith and love and, uh, cause there are very two powerful forces, you know, the kingdom of God runs on faith and love and, and the kingdom of darkness, you know, runs through, uh, doubt and fear. Mm. And, uh, but God's kingdom is very opposite. It works by faith and through love. And uh, just, I want to just touch very basic, simple things to stir your heart in that way. And, and, uh, but uh, like you, you've been hearing, yes, we are going to Iraq. Um, and I'm planning actually to leave, and uh, we're planning to leave by the end of next month uh, around Thanksgiving. So it's getting very close. Um, and... Um, uh, and, and, and you've met kind of a little bit, most of you, Pastor Steve and uh, Tracy and Laura, 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 sorry. And uh, from Chicago, uh, Pastor Steve and Tracy, they, they, they started a church and built a church in Chicago. I connected with them a few years ago. Um, and actually, Pastor Steve and myself, we we've did some opener meetings in Mexico together. And, uh, um, and Pastor Steve was the one that called me last year, around March about the invitation to go to Iraq. So it was, it's his fault. <laughs> and because uh, at that point, uh, uh, another brother, David, uh, him and I have been, we've known each other for thir about 13 years. Um, and we've got to know each other in Pensacola. I'll touch on that for a minute. But uh, this other brother, David, him and I are, are like spiritual twins, you know, very close covenant brothers. And, uh, Spend a lot of time praying, seeking God together, and, and a lot of different trips around the world together, him and I. And, uh, and, and so we've been starting to go to some Muslim countries. And so that's how Pastor Steve ended up calling us, and which I'll tell you about in a minute. But in the video, you're going to meet the rest of the team. And uh, besides my family, uh, my wife's name is Carol, and uh, we have two kids. Uh, uh, we have a son, his name is Micah. Uh, he's six years old, seven, he just yeah. turned seven. And uh, our daughter, Evangeline Zoe, 
Uh, we call her Zoe. She is four years old. And um, uh, the other family is David and his wife is Danielle. They have four kids. And then there's two other single girls uh, that you also get to see their photo. Uh, they're, they're all of them, the rest of the team are from Chicago, from the church where Pastor and Tracy have been. So uh, we have a, a lot together here. And, and um, there's another girl that's not on the video. She's also going to be part of the team, uh, which will come a little bit later on, just a, a few months later. She was also was touched in Pensacola, Florida, at a revival. She was in my class. Uh, she, I, I was leading a prayer meeting over there. She was part of that prayer meeting. And uh, she's Australian, but Egyptian by blood. She looks Egyptian. Um, and uh, she's, she's going to join us. She has a lot of experience and, and involved in houses of prayer. She's been in Israel and Jerusalem until the house of prayer became 24-7 over there. So she's going to help us in Iraq. Um, and um, in fact, actually, let's... Uh, yeah, let's go ahead and, and yeah, play death. to me in February of 2011 during a season of fasting and prayer. And in it he said, I'm going to send you to the Middle East, to Iraq like I sent Jonah. God opened up a door right after a couple of months later to take our first trip to North Iraq. During that time, God confirmed in our hearts what he wanted us to do. And he sealed it in the fall of 2011 in showing us how to build and how to move forward and seeing his glory touch this region of the world. It's interesting because even over the last year or two, the Lord had me praying specifically for the nations, for the Middle East, for, you know, just these different regions of the world that I had no idea even at that time that the Lord was going to then be bringing me in person, you know, to that region of the world. It's very shocking as an American woman to be there and realize that this was, um, to see the average Iraqi woman there and what life was like for her was very shocking. Um, you know it in your brain, but to be there and experience it was a completely different thing. And, um, the, the state of brokenness, the oppression, the fear, um, the bondage that they live in on a daily base, uh, basis was um, very overwhelming for me, but at the same time made me realize how much more the Gospels needed there. really been a step of just feeling um, like a step of stepping uh, stepping into the call, you know, of God calling me as an intercessor um, to be a part of a ministry that has a house of prayer at the center. He has spoken to us about building and developing a house of prayer in this region of the world and out of which we believe God wants to see supernatural evangelism spread in that region of the world through proclamation and demonstration of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we do believe that this is going to lead to a movement of church planting, of house churches that's going to usher in the glory of God. And we believe that this is key and this is something that is very important to the heart of God. I definitely have a heart to reach women since they are so broken. They're definitely primed for the gospel. So. Um, I'm praying for creative ideas on how we can reach them, 
any avenue will be fine <laughs> as long as they reach for the gospel. So, um, you know, really have a heart to see them restored and the culture of God's kingdom to come and be established inside of their lives. You know, they matter to Jesus, so they matter to us. just you know prayer being mobilized in the region but even the the body of Christ on a larger scale to really mobilize um, churches and individuals to partner with us in prayer for what God wants to do in that region we covet your partnership in too many ways on a practical level we need financing and support to really see what we believe God wants to do be administrated on the ground at a spiritual level we really covet your prayers um, and just partnership with us to really see the vision take off in the Middle East. gospel must be proclaimed or else it's not good news at all. This applies to Iraq, to the Middle East, to the Muslim world, just like it applies to anywhere else in the world. Compassion, boldness and the Holy Spirit's power are necessary to effectively reach Muslims with the gospel. I see this in Muslim countries where there is currently revival going on. Believers are boldly preaching the gospel and they are multiplying. The church is growing at a fast rate. And this should be no surprise to us as we see the explosive growth of the early church in the book of Acts. They were in hostile areas too, but in the midst of threats, persecutions and martyrdom, they boldly preached the gospel with signs and wonders. That's the model we are to follow. The early church's love, their obedience, their boldness, and will have the same results. In the last days, that is to be repeated. Just a, a couple of things, you know, that God is doing a lot, actually, in, in the Muslim world. Uh, I said everything myself, I was talking about this yesterday. How a lot of um, things are shifting and even focusing in that part of the world and uh, the Middle East. Um, a lot of, uh, it's, it's just, it's their turn, their turn. <laughs> You know, I believe it with really all my heart how a lot of uh, things are happening in the Middle East. Things are really speeding up very quickly. And, um, and, and, and actually in Romans, uh, in chapter 10, it says, that, um, it says that, but I say in verse 19, it says, But I say that Israel not know. First Moses says, I will provoke you to jealousy. By those who are not a nation, I will move you to anger by a foolish nation. But Isaiah is very bold and says in verse 20, I was found by those who did not seek me. I was made manifest to those who did not ask for me. And But to Israel he says, 
All day long I have stretched out my hands to a disobedient and contrary people. And I tell you, this is really happening. It's happening in the Muslim world. Uh, what is a, a greater Gentile than a Muslim? One that is the most opposite to a Jew is a Muslim. And, and God is really doing this in the, in the Muslim world. He is coming to them without them seeking Him. It says that He will do that. And that's how, that even the number one way uh, that many uh, Muslims are coming to Jesus is through dreams and visions. Amen. I think I read that somewhere in the Bible too, that in the last days He will do that uh, more. <laughs> you know, and, and He's doing that. Uh, dreams and visions, it's wonderful. I've uh, many times I even witnessed to Muslims myself and they already have had dreams of Jesus. Uh, you know, some of them even they had dreams of Jesus and they're not saved yet. And I tell you, uh, they're not looking for Him and He's coming to them and, and God says that He will do that. Amen. And so that's how uh, uh, even, um, for example, in Iran, uh, which by the way, it's, uh, they, they, it's, it's about the second fastest growing church in the world after China is Iran and that uh, and it's the underground church is uh, moving in so much power and revival um, and I uh, in some meetings I've been to and they were just giving reports uh, one man uh, that runs a, a, a TV station here in the States actually the TBN version in Farsi which is the language they speak in Iran and he said they estimate about 15,000 young people get saved every month in Iran. And that he's saying that he's starting house churches over the phone. This is taking place in Iran. Actually, not that long ago, it was they, they put this in the newspaper in Iran and they said Christianity is an unstoppable disease in our country. So, don't call it that. It's fun, but let the disease spread there. <laughs> uh, you know, so, uh, and so that's what's happening in Iran. And, and, they picked, they handpicked some uh, couple of ministries there. They just handpicked 10 university students, Christians, among Christians. They just picked 10 of them. And they asked them how they came to Jesus. And 8 out of 10 said it was a dream or a vision. So that gives you an idea how much actually uh, in the Muslim world Jesus is revealing them himself and is coming to these dreams and visions. Even this year, actually during Ramadan and in, in this summer, uh, I was hearing reports in Egypt that uh, Jesus, uh, that they were saying many stories like a man dressed in, in white came and visited my house. And, uh, and Jesus revealing himself to so many. And so I believe it's only going to increase. Uh, I believe it's going to spread. Uh, it's not just Iran and other few pockets, places that's happening. And um, God had opened the door to go to Iraq uh, last year. And uh, North Iraq. Um, and where an, uh, an unreached people group called the Kurds are living in the north, uh, mainly part of, uh, of Iraq. And they're, spread, they're split between four countries, uh, Iraq, Turkey, Iran, and Syria. Uh, a lot of them, actually over 20 million, are in Turkey. There's about 6 million, something like that, in Iraq. Kurds, and they're Muslims. And... Uh, um, They've been rejected a lot, and, and uh, I know some of you know news, uh, Saddam Hussein have even killed thousands of them. And uh, so, so they have, thankfully, they have a lot of respect for the United States. 
and uh, they're very grateful for when the U.S. came in and got rid of Saddam Hussein. In fact, they don't call it the U.S. invasion, they call it the U.S. liberation. Amen. And they, they pretty much, the U.S. has liberated them from this oppressor. So because of that, they have a warm heart towards foreigners and uh, the Western world, especially even more Americans. So just so it's good for you to know this, because by the way, you have an open invitation here to come and visit us or join us. And, and, and this is only the second place I actually said that, okay? <laughs> I don't say that wherever I go. Uh, but if Brother Eric and Matt uh, say that you can come, I trust them. And, uh, uh, and because, you know, we have to be very careful. We, uh, we don't want chocolate soldiers. You know, like C.T. Studd said. You know, we don't want chocolate soldiers. You know, they're sweet, but they, they crack easily and they melt when there's heat. So we don't need them. Uh, and they're sweet, wonderful, but, you know, there's going to be heat. And we don't want to melt very easily. So, amen. Uh, so, 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 but you should know this too. Uh, that even in Iraq, we, so far we visited three times in the north part of Iraq. And, uh, and, and... I, you know, with a U.S. passport, you can actually visit, uh, fly into North Iraq for 10 days without needing a visa. And, and that is very unusual, okay, <laughs> uh, in, in especially in Muslim countries. Uh, and they actually never even asked us a question at the airport. They never asked us, why are you here, who are you with, what are you doing? Not one question. When they saw that passport, they only said one word, welcome. So they're making a statement, you know, and uh, that they want us to be there. So it's wonderful. Uh, it really is an opportunity. You don't have to travel very far, and it won't be the same. <laughs> they won't tell you welcome. But, um, you know, it's, it, it, it's, it gets hostile too, of course. But, uh, but there's a certain area that we're planning to base, and just like you heard there, in September, God spoke to both David and I. He's in Chicago, I'm in Louisiana. And he spoke to us identically the same thing as what to do when we get there. And I was actually in, in Bastrop, where I live in Louisiana. I was praying at the front at the, at the church area in the afternoon, just praying on my own. And I felt God's voice just about to really speak to me something significant. Grab my notebook, and the first thing he said was start a house of prayer. I want this to be a focus. I want this to be a base. And out of that... Uh, the importance of staying filled with love and being filled with God's Spirit, that you need love to overcome all fear and Spirit to give us power and boldness and, uh, and evangelism, just like you, ha uh, you, you heard there, and, and, and planting, uh, planting house churches in that region. And uh, so we're going to be in a city, it's called, yeah, it's a big city. And uh, <laughs> uh, it's okay, it, it's a big city over there and uh, about 2 million people. Um, and, uh, and there's actually at this point only one church there, uh, one Kurdish church, and there's one Assyrian church, and it's actually in the suburb, and, uh, but, so there is uh, obviously a lot of work to do, but I, I want to just jump into this very quick, just briefly how, what happened really in my life has been, of course, a, a journey like all of us, and uh, you probably heard already, I come from this island called Malta. And uh, how many of you know where Malta is at? Mm. A few. Um, it's not in Texas. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, uh, Malta is in the Mediterranean Sea. 
It's uh, exactly south of Italy. Um, it's part of Europe. So it's the same island where, and it's in the Bible, Acts 28, where Paul got shipwrecked in the storm, and you know they started a fire, and the snake jumped out. He shook it off. All that stuff. That story. That's that's the island where I'm from. So when you're, you know, for you it's like, oh wow, that's neat. And uh, but when you're from there, it's like, yeah. It's a big deal to us. <laughs> and uh, the Catholics put a statue, you know, they, they like those things. So, uh, <laughs> where Paul got shipwrecked, so we, we get used to it. <laughs> and, uh, but, so that's where I come from. And, and uh, I'm very grateful for uh, missionaries that have come really to Malta. And um, I'm actually a product of that uh, from the States. Missionaries have come there. Uh, and they... I was involved in worship and in, in growing up in a, in a Christian home. I was actually one of a handful of kids uh, growing up on the island. There was only, only one of a handful of born-again Christians on the island. The rest is Roman Catholic. And uh, so I'm just very grateful, you know, uh, for, for my parents and, you know, raised me in God's Word. And uh, it doesn't return void. You know, at one point we should share, you know, I got distracted, but Jesus is bigger. And... Yeah. And, uh, and so there's been missionaries in Malta that really poured in my life too. And that's how I got to be involved in worship, which, you know, I, I, they never knew what I'm, all I'm going to be doing. They thought this just little boy here, Maltese, <laughs> you know, teach him to play the piano. But uh, God is amazing. So I was pursuing this career uh, to be a chef. So, please don't ask me to come over and cook. <laughs> and uh, so I was doing that, really. I, I was, uh, went to school for two years, uh, culinary arts in Malta, which is very competitive. And there's only one on, on the whole island, and, uh, uh, which is good. I, I, I was getting pretty good at it, just competitive. And I was living in London, England. I went for work experience over there. I was working in a five-star hotel in a fine dining restaurant. Where Princess Diana used to live, the the palace, yeah, the, uh, the the her driveway touched the hotel where I was working, cooking, and like that. And uh, so, anyways, I, well, while I was in London, God started to do a deeper work in my life and my heart. And because, uh, like I said, I was brought up in a Christian home, but you know, I there were other things that I loved more than Jesus. And. And I grew up hearing messages like, if you're lukewarm, God will vomit you, will spit you out. And I would hear these things, but I convinced myself I was not lukewarm. Until I came close to the fire, and everything gets exposed. And I realized what I was lacking. I thought I was doing good, and I wasn't. Because I compared myself to the other people that were around me. Until I started meeting on the fire of God, and authentic Christians. And you know, when I started to meet them, I started to realize like, Wow. And, and so I was living in London, and through a series of things, God was opening my eyes more and getting more of my attention. There was more to life than what I was living for. And I was attending a church, you know, also when I lived in London. In fact, one day, it was a Sunday afternoon after service, I was heading back. We called it staff residence where we lived, uh, the people who worked in this hotel. And, and I was coming back from a church service Sunday afternoon. I was waiting at a train station, waiting for the, we call it a tube the underground train station in London. And, uh, and, and so I was waiting over there, and this guy um, uh, had this big beard and uh, had this big book and was going from one person to the other. Okay. I had a feeling this may be the Bible, and he may be sharing the gospel, 
But you don't see that in London. Uh, I never saw that. It's not very common. People are spiritually very cold. Everybody is, minds their own world and don't talk to them because if you stop and talk to them, something must be wrong with you, you know? So anyways, uh, so he never saw that, but he ended up coming to me. And sure enough, he brought some things up from the Bible and my reaction was, I thought this guy, I'm, I'm going to tell him, he, I'm a Christian. I thought in the midst of all these heathens here, uh, he, he, he ran into a Christian. I thought he's going to be excited. Well, his reaction surprised me and threw me off. When I told him I'm a Christian, I came back from a church service just now. I thought, you know, I thought, wow, well, look, I thought he's going to be impressed. <laughs> and, uh, and he says, you came back from a church service, that's wonderful. He says, but look at all these young people. He said, if they don't know God, they are going to hell when they die. And then he turned and said to me, what are you doing about it? And, uh, and I was speechless. I didn't know what to say because I was not doing anything about it. And he moved on. My conversation with him maybe lasted two minutes. And I, uh, uh, but I didn't realize the kind of impact that it made at that time. I got on the train. I was, all I could think of what, what he just said to me. I go on the train, arrive at the staff residence in my room, I have my own room. And I got on my knees. I couldn't wait to get there and just get real with God. And, uh, and I got on my knees, and I just opened my heart to God. I knew the Bible. And, uh, and I, I told God, well, Jesus, change my life. I told Him, I want to live that life. That I, the man I just met, I want that. I said, whatever it takes, change it. Change my heart, change my life. And uh, just because I met a real Christian. And that, the light came in my heart. And I tell you, the light suddenly come, come on more in my heart. I start to realize that I only have one life to live. Yes. And that I, it doesn't belong to me. And if I say I'm a Christian, am I really living? You know, all these things start coming. And just only a matter of a few weeks, actually, I quit the career. Uh, I quit my job there in London. I ended up coming to ministry school here, and in, 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 not here, I mean in Pensacola, Florida, in the States. And the place of revival where the fire was falling and, and, and lives getting transformed every day. And uh, because uh, one of the, uh, the school president, actually, Michael Brown, came and preached in London. And I heard the testimonies of people lining up outside the church building, you know, and, and, and coming in and being touched by God and, and repentance. And I actually, I heard it on a cassette because I, I was in Wales that week. But anyways, I, I heard his message and, 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 and he did an altar call and he told people to just start crying out to God. And I tell you, I was listening to it on a little radio like this, and it was just coming and invading my heart. And my heart was so moved, and I thought to myself, I want that. I, I, I want it. I, I don't want nothing else. I want that. And so that was in 98. So I, I went to Malta uh, just so that I could apply for my visa. I told my parents, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm quitting this career. At first, you know, they, they thought, how are you going to live? I mean, it's in a different continent, you know. <laughs> And uh, so, but I told him, I believe God wants me to do this. And I had saved enough to just get started for about six months. And, uh, uh, and, and but God, just miracle after miracle, you know. And just, just God fell, I fell in love with Jesus is what happened. And I came here, that was August 98 in the States. And, uh, and I, I didn't realize all, really what's going to happen. But I tell you one thing that happened is I, the conviction of sin was very strong. And, uh, 
And it wasn't just the kindness of God that led me to repentance. It was even godly sorrow that led me to repentance, was the Bible says. You know, when Paul wrote to the second church, uh, to the church in Corinthians, in second Corinthians. And uh, he was, you know, referring to the first letter, how strong words he used to confront sin, uh, you know, uh, uh, among them. And then he was telling him, I felt bad. I was sorry that I wrote to you the way I wrote to you. He said, but anyway, I wasn't sorry because I know the fruit that it produced of how I spoke to you and wrote to you. And he says, because he said, worldly sorrow leads to death, but godly sorrow leads to repentance unto life, to salvation. And so that's what happened. I, I, I was convicted of my sin because people were preaching the truth. And, and that resulted on genuine revival in my life. Uh, you know, conviction, like I said, hypocrisy was exposed in my heart, lukewarmness. Uh, lust, idolatry that I had in my own heart, you know, at that time of the girlfriend, she was an idol to me, and just all these things that we think they're not that bad, but it is bad when you, when you see it through God's light. And, uh, and so I just surrendered everything, 100%, everything to Jesus, and, and that's when I started to fall in love with Him. You know, you cannot fall in love with somebody until you really give them your heart. Yes. And when you do give them your heart, you can fall in love. And that's what happens with Jesus the same way. Once I really gave Him my heart. It wasn't, you know, just words. It wasn't just church. It was actually my heart. I give it to you. And I fell in love with Him. And, and, and everything's been based. Even as I'm going to share just in a few words here. Everything in my life been coming out of that place of love. Just love. I love Him. And being in love with Him. And, um, and so one journey, uh, from one step after the other, I started going out on the streets. You know, uh, drug place areas and just one thing after the other. I was very shy, but Jesus was inside and the fire started burning my heart. I couldn't hold this to myself. Hospitals and then overseas, opened the doors and all, the story goes on and on from there. But then in 2008, oh, actually somebody told me about a conference about Muslims in Dallas. Because uh, we lived in Dallas and Fort Worth for about three years, my family. Uh, and, um, and so that's how... Uh, I, at first, I didn't think much of it, but then I said, no, no, they're going to share testimonies, Muslims, of how they came to Jesus. So I thought, this should be interesting. So I went, and I tell you, uh, for two days, this was, was 500 people. I didn't know anybody there. And, uh, and, but God captured my heart for Muslims. I was holding tears back the whole two days. As I was hearing testimonies after testimony after testimony of how Muslims, their test, how they came to Jesus. Some of them came from uh, terrorist uh, groups and background. And some of them even came to the U.S. to spread Islam. And their encounters that they've had with Jesus are simply Christians, being Christians, reaching out in love. And they saw a real Christian, <laughs> you know, and, and, and just being loving and hospitable and caring. And they saw something that they've been thought otherwise, you know, ne negative things, but now they get to see it in action. And so my heart was moving as I'm hearing these testimonies of these Muslims. And then I'm also hearing how Islam is rising and spreading around the world and, and their agenda to Islamize the world. And, and they're very serious about that. And uh, so I'm hearing this too, and then I'm also seeing how very few missionaries, workers are among them. So, um, and, and, and my life started, from that point on, I started, they got my attention. 
and uh, started focusing outreaches in the States to Muslims. And the vision, the love started growing more and more and more. And, uh, and it was uh, maybe about a couple of years ago, actually, uh, I was just in the Word and reading Matthew 24, uh, going over it. And I ran into verse 14 where Jesus says, And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached to all the world as a witness to all nations. And then the end will come. And I had known that scripture, you know, I had preached that scripture. But this time when I read it, it was like staring at me. Like a person is staring at me. Like, what are you, what are you going to do about it? And I, I tell you, when I was looking at that, like, you know, like I knew I, I cannot avoid you. And, uh, <laughs> you know, like I, I, I want to help. I love Jesus and I want to help. I want to see him come back. I want the end to come. And so, according to that, Jesus said, this gospel needs to go to all the world Amen. as a witness. And so, the way that it came in my heart that time, uh, I knew this means uh, we're going to move. We're going to move, you know, to an unrich people. And, uh, uh, and that's what, how things started unfolding more and more. And Paul said, I made it my aim to preach where the gospel is not heard. And he says not to build on any other person's foundation. And he says, I made it my goal to preach. Yeah. And he says, so, because I, the, the New Living Translation says it like this. He says, I was fulfilling God's plan in the scriptures that those who haven't heard will see and those that don't know will understand. He says, I was following God's plan. So he said, that's why I went to these places because that is God's plan. You know, so, I, and this light started to come on and more in my heart. I was like, you know, I, I need to do that. I want to be, I want to do God's plan. And that is so those who haven't heard will get to hear. Amen. And I see, actually, those who haven't heard will see. And those who don't know will understand. Amen. So they don't only hear the gospel, they see it. Amen. Yeah, and that's, and that's, <laughs> yeah, they see it. This is right there in, in, uh, in, in Romans uh, 15. I believe, yeah, 15 and 20, 21. You don't need to turn there. It's, uh, it's, trust me, it's there. It's in, uh, <laughs> Romans 15. Jesus, uh, the, Paul's writing. And he said, this is how I turn the Gentiles over to God. He said, by my message, by my life, by the, the New Living, says, by, by the way that I lived among them, and by the miracles as signs from God. You know, three things, by my message, by my life, and by the miracles. Yeah. It says, that's when I fully preached the gospel. <laughs> that's how they came to know. So that's why they will not only hear, but they will see. They will see it with our life. Yeah. They will see it with our fruit. They will yeah. see it with God's power that we have, that we carry, that abides and lives in us. That's what we have. And I tell you, that's why, even when it comes to Muslims, I, one way, reason they are challenged and fearing, because I tell you, we have what they don't have. They don't have this love. They don't have this love that, that overcomes fear. Uh, you know, they don't have miracles. They don't have the power of God. And that's one reason they are afraid of us. I tell you, we should not be afraid of them. They're afraid of us because we have something that's powerful, that's unstoppable. Amen. 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 And that's it, I tell you. That's why I want to just touch on a couple things. On faith and love. 
Because we come against constantly, against doubt, unbelief, and fear, all kinds of fear. You know, fear here, the fear of, 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 of what people say, what people think, fear of, of failing, fear of the unknown, a lot of different kinds of fear. And it holds people back. And that's actually the kingdom of darkness works very hard to hold us back, to, to, to hold back from releasing this dynamite of love and power that the scriptures tells us when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you receive dunamis, dynamite, this power. And the enemy wants to hold us back to doubt, fear, discouragement. And I tell you, uh, uh, and, and, and when, you, when you, especially in the Muslim world, different Muslim countries I've been to, a big thing is fear. Fear among people and, and the areas where the church is not growing. It's all fear. And I've ministered in house churches in, in Muslim countries. And I tell you, they're afraid. They're afraid. And, and, and that's why they don't grow. But then you visit other places where they are growing, like I was sharing the video, and they're multiplying. And you know what? They have boldness. <laughs> they have love. And they witness. And they're willing to risk their life. They're unstoppable. Especially as I was uh, sharing with Pastor Eric yesterday. Uh, in Algeria. That's also. It's happening like this. And these people love Jesus so much. It's a Muslim country. It's illegal. It says to shake the faith of a Muslim. So. You know, you can't do anything to him. You maybe smile at him and you shake his faith. I don't know. But. Um, so. Uh. But, but these people, a lot of Christians over there are actually experiencing revival. The Holy Spirit is falling and, and, and there's 24-7 prayer going on, you know, and, and uh, this one church uh, for sure. And, uh, and they're being filled with love and they witness. They actually witness the gospel to people. It should be, like I said, it should be no surprise to us. If we don't witness and share the gospel, we don't grow. The, God, the, the kingdom does not advance. You know, it's, it's, it's not like, like Steele Osborne says, you know, it says God is not our errand boy. You know, we don't send him to do things for us. He says, don't ask God to do something he's told us to do and don't pray about something he's already given us. Okay, so he's given us, the Bible says he has not given us the spirit of fear. <laughs> he has not given me, he has not given my wife, he's not given us our team, he's not, he has not given you the spirit of fear. God hasn't given that to you. But he has given you something else. Not only has not given us fear, but he has given us the spirit of love, of power, and a sound mind, you know, discipline, talk life, you know, a, a, a pure mind. He has given us that. Amen. You can be excited. But so, so that, no, exactly, he has given me love, spirit of love. And, and so, okay, so faith, because that's how we do overcome. You know, I, 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 even on last trip that we were there in April, I was, you know, sharing. We're taking turns, David and I sharing with the group. And, uh, and I was sharing, like, this is a real reality. We're about to come and move here, and we're going to live where fear dominates everybody. Mm. I mean, it, it's just everybody, almost. And, and, and wherever you look, and I tell that, we cannot bow to this thing. We cannot. We cannot bow to this thing Amen. called fear. Amen. Fear 
is the devil. Yes. Fear is a spirit. Fear, we cast it out. We don't love it or pet it or, or receive it. No, no, no. We cast it out. How? Okay, he's given us love and faith. It's very important that we, I, I, I know it's basic, but it's very important that we do grow in faith. You know, with faith we can do a lot of things. You know, I have seen, you know, even believers and, and, and just that, you know, because they get turned off with a lot of preaching, you know, when faith preachers things, that have, maybe how far they've taken things or because of certain statements they make. They almost like shut the door when they start hearing faith. You know, come on. <laughs> you know, I mean, we're talking about, the Bible gives us lists of these men of faith. Amen. It says with faith we can actually move mountains. We need to have faith in God. Amen. In Mark 11, Jesus said these words. When, you know, when he cursed the fig tree and, and the disciples were like, wow, it actually did, did you are did curse it. You know, and Jesus told them like, hey, it's like, have, have faith in God. He, didn't, he said to have it, have, keep having, make sure you have, have faith. Have what? You know, meditate on it, okay? Have faith. He didn't say have anything else. He said have faith. And not just have faith, have faith in God. In Him. Our faith is in Him. And that's, it says, if you believe that those things that you say come to pass, you can have whatever you say. Come on. He, he did say that. And that's why we need to have faith in God. I want to be uh, moved by faith. If He says that if you believe in your heart and don't doubt, you can say to this mountain, be removed. And do not doubt in your heart. That's right. I, I, I remember, you know, I, when I started to learn and, 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 and grow in the Christian faith, and, 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 and I knew that men and women of God are women, a man and woman of faith. So guess what? I need to be a man of faith. Because I knew there's no other direction but to be a man of God. So therefore means I need to walk by faith and not by sight. We live by faith. Amen. It should not be surprised to us when God asks us to do things that requires faith. Amen. <laughs> really, it should not be any surprise because even Smith Wigglesworth said, he says, faith is the very nature of God. <laughs> and so, I, 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 even I remember uh, I was, uh, yeah, and I, you know, I was growing this because I could not work to be in the States. So, you know, uh, and people were like, how can you live in America and not being able to work? How are you making it? You know, and I, I was not out hustling, okay? Uh, so, I, uh, I'm you, we're on the streets, you hear these stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, 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 and so, and, but, but by faith, I was doing God's will. Doing God's will, living by faith. And, uh, and, and I remember the first, uh, a missions trip opened the opportunity to go to Cameroon. Cameroon and, and you know in West Africa and because uh, in the school of ministry all these different mission trips a lot of focus on missions and and so and the teacher that was leading that trip I was good friends with and 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 he said Fabian he said Cameroon it's a street preacher's heaven yeah. and I was like 
man, you yeah. know, he's talking that language now. So <laughs> I'm thinking, man, he says, he says, baby, you, you, you need to come. And, uh, but the, the bad thing was that I was, I had, I was renewing my visa to be in, in the States. Every six months, I had to renew it. I had just graduated, so I could change my visa. So I applied for a different change of visa. If those of you don't know that are used to with visas, you know how these work. But uh, to those of you, it's no big deal. But it is a big deal. Yeah. You don't deal with the the immigration is not they're not they don't play games. Yeah. And uh, so and, and and so they tell you while you have a pro the application the process, don't leave the country. <laughs> uh, and so, uh, so I called the immigration myself because the mission trip, my, my, the visa that I currently had expires July 14th. I remember July 14th. And the mission trip was, go, was in July, and the day that we're going to land back in the States was July 14th. Wow. So that means if I went, the day I returned back to the States is when my visa expires. But I had an application and process. So... That's what I was facing. Shall I go? Shall I not? And yes, I heard everybody say, yes, while you apply, don't leave the country. You're risking it. Because, you know, they, they can tell you, no, you're not coming in. You know, they deport people back to their countries all day long in the international airports. They do that all day long. And uh, so you're risking it. So I called the immigration myself. I wanted to make sure this is not a law. And, uh, it's, you know, they just suggest, they tell you better not leave, stay here. So I called myself, and they're not nice, you know. But anyways, they, they, they answered my question. It's not a law, but they tell you you're risking it. I said, okay, that's what I needed to know. And I tell you, I'm not going to say it was my faith. But it was God's grace. Because I started to make steps to still go. Everybody in school, the teachers were in shock. And they were like calling me in their office differently. The word was going off. Fabian's leaving. Yeah. You know, his visa expires. Da 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 da. And, uh, uh, and, and, and they got to, they told Michael Brown, they told, they, and he told them he'll make, he can make his own decision. And all these things. And then the missions director, he called me in his office. He said, Fabian, because he knows visas and stuff. He says, I'm telling you, what's going to happen is this your, your visa expires when the day you come back. He says, what's going to happen is you're going to go. When you come back at the airport, they're going to stop you. And they're going to see when it expires, and they're going to deport you back to Malta. That means you will never come back here again. And he says, and not only that, they will keep you somewhere at the airport until you come up with the money to pay your ticket back to Malta. He said, I just want you to hear that from me, what you're facing. So, I so uh, you know, this may not be a big deal to you, but that's where I, I tell him. I was looking at, you know, that happening. And then I also started to hear the voice of faith. Yes. I was starting to hear people like Lester Sumrall saying, yes. I'd rather die believing than living in unbelief. Yes. And, you know, and I would hear a voice like Reinhard Bonnke and says, because of steps that he had to make of faith, he says, that was the turning point of my ministry. You know, and I'm hearing these things, you know, this war going on. I've got so much I could lose, but also so much I could gain. You know, and this voice, you know, in my heart, like, I want to be a man of faith. And, but I knew if things didn't work, look what can happen. It means like the end of whatever God's doing in my life. You know, so, and, and everybody's telling me, the only reason why you go against uh, uh, um, 
uh, against wisdom is you clearly hear from God. And so I was on my face like, God, how do I hear your voice? I don't know how I hear your voice. Believe me, I was like, crying. I was like, I don't know how I hear your voice. I don't know if you've ever heard you. I have. But, but you're in that place because you realize who you're facing. So again, so it wasn't like this great man of faith, but I, 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 it's the grace of God. And I find myself just making steps. That he was carrying me because he loves us. And, and I, I told him, I'm going to go. And so, and I went. So and sure enough, it was a street preacher's heaven. And, uh, and even, uh, you know, the, the teacher said, he said, you've been using the fishing pole, uh, you know, all these years. He says, you're going to throw the net and, and, and when you're there. And it's true. It's so ripe and, and it's beautiful. I love it, Africa. And so all these things happen, you know, all the calls in marketplaces, people getting healed, signing up for Bible schools just because they're here and preaching us in the marketplaces. Wow. I mean, it was powerful. So, but now I'm on the plane back to Atlanta. <laughs> and, you know, and so now, you know, I'm looking at my clock like two hours to land in Atlanta. You know, I'm thinking, man, I started to like get all nervous now, you know. And it's, I felt like I'm approaching the judgment seat or something. Like, you know, like, <laughs> they're gonna make a decision, you know. And the teacher next to me, you know, he would be like Fabian. He says, uh, "You are a child of the king. Act like one." Yeah. You know, and it would help. And it, yeah, yeah, you know, and it would help for like two minutes, you know. <laughs> and then he would tell me, Fabian, before you were a citizen of Malta, you were a citizen of heaven." I'm like, "Yeah, that's true." And it would help maybe like five minutes. You know? <laughs> so, <laughs> anyways. <laughs> Okay, how did it finish? Well, I'm here, so... Yeah. No, uh, and then we arrived, and, and so they looked at the passport, and sure enough, they're like, expires today. I said, yeah, I know, but I have an application in process. Mm -hmm. So she puts the, the, the passport in an orange folder. Uh, it's not good. <laughs> it's good when they stamp the passport, and you like, continue for to get your luggage. That's good. But <laughs> and so she said, yeah, she, she put it in an orange folder. She said, you go to that office over there. Oh. So uh, what he did is just, you know, go. So, uh, and, and so I go in this room, and oh, there's people from these different countries uh, that America is not friends with, you know? <laughs> and, uh, so, uh, so I'm in there. So then it was, you know, eventually it was my turn, and I gave him my passport, and, and, uh, and I told him I have an application in process, and he's looking up on the computer, and then he said, Sir, I have bad news for you today. He said, Your visa, your application have been denied. Oh. And he turns the computer screen for me to see it. And I saw it. And I can't imagine what I felt at that time. Uh, I felt it's all over. I felt like I missed it. I missed God. What have I done? And, uh, and just feel like, I don't know how to explain it. But. So I sat down. And, uh, and then, you know, they start getting mean. <laughs> You know, like, how did you make money? And all this stuff. So I can look up your bank account. You know, they're doing it this high. And he's looking for my bag. And he's finding Bibles and tracks and different things like that. And um, he says, okay, I need to talk to my boss. He's going to make a decision. So he's on the way out to go to the other office. And the teacher's outside praying in tongues and all that stuff. <laughs> and, uh, and, and he asked him, the teacher asked this guy, the immigration officer, how's Fabian's situation looking? And he said, it's not looking very well. He said, it's, we may have to send him back to Europe today. He said, it's 50-50. It's mm -hmm. And then the teacher said, 
uh, he says, well, he's one of our best students. <laughs> you know, he's, he's, he was one of the speakers, and we couldn't have done it without him coming, and all these things, we're training him. And, and he says, the, the guy, when he says, yeah, he seems he's a really good guy, and he says, I'll do my best, you know, to speak for Fabian, but my boss needs to make a decision. He goes, he comes back, he's smiling. And he said, Fabian, he says, I have good news. We're giving you your visa today. And, uh, and he says, He says, I don't know why, uh, I don't know why it was denied, but you qualify. And so it took me to ATM, you pay for it right there. And so anyways, but and I tell you, I shared it because you, it's, it's like, you, know, you probably hear these things, but faith is like a muscle. You know, the more you use it, the stronger it will be. And I remember coming out of that place, uh, you know. Uh, I mean, I, I, I mean, God's smile was, I could just feel it, you know, he's proud of me, <laughs> you know, and just like move me forward to make bigger steps of faith in life. And that's what faith does. You use it, you know, you put it into action and, and then, you know, you, it gives you faith for something bigger and something greater. And I tell you that we need to be people of faith, to actually trust God. And you know, even recently I was reflecting, I said, what, you know, he speaks to us all the time. But I was thinking, Jesus, what, what are the most statements that he repeats to me the most? And I was waiting. And you know what? The two statements that he repeats that I hear the most frequently is, I love you and trust me. Amen. And what is that? Love and faith. Amen. That's how king, uh, God's kingdom runs. Faith and love. And, and as I'm touching on faith right now, I, I, I tell you, uh, our faith needs to be in God. Faith is seeing God. Yeah. Faith is seeing Him. That's why it says, uh, you know, uh, uh, to run a race with endurance, looking unto Jesus. <laughs> the author and finisher and the perfecter of our faith. That's how what faith is, is looking at Him. It's having a track record in our personal walk with Him of looking at, at Him. Looking at Jesus, it actually means that. <laughs> it's not very deep, like it actually means looking at Him. Looking at how, with our heart. It says that, that the, the, the blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. You know, I want my heart pure. I want to see His face. I, I want, it tells us to seek His face. And, uh, and, and, and I want that to be a continual lifestyle, a track record, you know, in my life that I constantly look at. What are you doing, family? I'm studying like Jesus. Yeah. You know, I'm looking at Him. Why? Because, I mean, faith comes from Him. I want to be in awe of His beauty and, and His glorious power. You know, we're saying great is our God. I want to constantly think on those things. I want to think on how beautiful, how powerful He is. He's so great. And I tell you, the more we do that, we grow in faith. Amen. Yeah, because faith comes from Him. That's what Peter and John said at the gate called Beautiful when they healed a man that was lame from birth. And, you know, they're all people are all impressed looking at them and Peter and John. And they says, well, why are you looking at us? Says, if we did this around God, then it's around power. This is how we did it. By faith in His name and the faith that comes through Him. Faith from Jesus. So faith, I tell you, looking at Him, faith is seeing God. Him being more real than everything around us. Amen? Amen. Like
Neil Osborne said, he says, our physical senses are always at war with our faith. Because physical senses, hearing, seeing, smelling, tasting, feeling, what you feel, what you see, what you hear, all of that is all natural. It's all natural, temporary. But I tell you, faith works against that. And that's why I want to look to God. Faith is seeing God. You know, Lester Summerall, had, he said, you know, if I can give one statement of what faith is, faith is knowing God. Yes. Faith is knowing Him. Oh, I know Him. I know His faithfulness. You know, I know His greatness. I know He's not a liar. I know Him. Yeah. He answers me. I know He yeah. hears me. You know, that's what it says in 1 John 5. Yeah. This is the confidence that we have in Him. If we have prayer, anything according to His will, He hears us. Yeah. And I tell you, I... I he hears me. One of the things, the scriptures that I, I many times I keep before me is I go into uh, in, in, in more into prayer about specific things or prayer meeting, even on my own. And I, I like to keep that before me. Before I start, He's hearing me right now. He's hearing me. Why? I'm going to pray His will. I have confidence. He hears me. I know He does. His, his ears is attentive to me. Why? His righteousness is in me. He actually listens when I speak. I'm His son. He's familiar with my voice. Uh, you know, because He's my Father. And the more we look to Him and, and, we, and see Him, we grow in faith. We need to have faith to move mountains and to do what the average Christian is not doing. I don't want to do what I can do. I don't. I want to do what I can't do. And that's what Paul says. Why? So people's faith will be in the power of God and not in our wisdom. I don't want to do what I can do. God forbid that that's all Christianity is. I mean, if, if the Spirit of Christ that raised Him from the dead lives in me. Excuse me, I'm foaming at the mouth here. Uh, if the Spirit that raised Him from the dead lives in me, He's expecting us to do some pretty powerful things. Yeah. Yes. He's expecting us to do this. He entrusted us with His Spirit. He actually believes in you. He believes in you. That's why He gives you His Spirit. He believes you can do it. He believes I can do it. My confidence is not in my ability, but in His ability. My confidence is not in my ability to follow Him, but in His ability to lead me. Yeah. I want to follow Him, definitely. And I do it all my heart. But I, even in the midst of that, I trust His ability to lead me more than I'm able to follow. Yeah. Why? He's greater. I have my, the confidence that I have of faith is not even in my prayers or in my seeking. And believe me, if you are to hear me preach a lot of other churches, you, I talk about praying and, and fasting and, and seeking His face. I tell you, and, and, but I, I, have, I, I do, that's what I do. I seek His face, I seek His heart. But in the midst of me doing that, my faith is in Him answering me more than my asking. Amen? Amen. 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 Yeah, so faith is knowing God. Leonard Ravenhill said faith is being alone with God. It's, it's all get to, get to be with, I know Him. I, I, I know who He is. Amen? Amen. All right. Yes, thank you, Jesus. It's taking His Word literally. It's taking His Word literally. And basically, is having the faith of a child. No, He said that. 
Yeah, I know, but no, 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 no. Don't mix in the interpretation of man in there. Right. You know, uh, when, when on my first trip to Iraq, when we went in March of last year, I came back, and, uh, and I was ministering at this church in, 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 in Oklahoma before I left, and after I got back, because God was moving, and we stayed there for a couple of months. And, and, and so I came back, and this lady from the church, she says, that's wonderful what God did, you know, and what God did on your trip, but don't move there now. You can see I listened real well. Right? Yeah. You know, she says, and I, you know, I'm thinking, man, don't talk to me like that. You know, like, what do you mean, don't move there now? Like, who are you, and who am I? Like, are you Lord? Am I Lord? No. No, Jesus is Lord. He told us to follow Him. So I don't pick and choose, I follow Him. Yes. My life is not my own. What do you mean don't go there now? We're not Lord, He's Lord. Amen. That means we follow Him, we obey Him, we do His will on the earth. That's what I know. I don't relate what do you mean don't go there now. And, and, and the other thing, besides of, besides of Him being Lord and we were not, the, the second thing I was thinking was about the people that were touched. I was thinking about the lady that was deaf in one ear because of being beaten and, and by her husband. And God opened her ear and, and right there and she was crying. And, and now she, you know, I, I was thinking about those faces and those people. So what do you mean? Like, you know, I, we are more important than them? <laughs> I was thinking that lady, she has children like you have children. Yeah. She has a mother like you have a mother. She has needs like you have a need. So what do you mean I, I, we hold it back from them? Because it's more dangerous? No, we don't do that. Amen. We don't look at that. We look to Jesus. Amen. And when we look to Jesus, we see people. Yeah. We see people. That's what He's about. Yeah. And I tell you, uh, I know seeking His heart. I'm not going to go off on that right now. But seeking His heart, you know what you will find when you actually seek His heart? You will find yourself in your heart, in His yeah. heart. You live in His heart. Besides seeing yourself in His heart, you see people. People in His heart. That's what's in His heart. Amen. Revelation. <laughs> people. It's not, that, that's His death. Yeah. I remember one time I was laying on, on my bed and I was worshiping Jesus and, and I was feeling His presence and His love and I started to tear up and cry and I, I was telling Jesus, I, I love you. And I, I told Him, please, Come here physically. I want to hug you. You know, like I want to do something more than just worshiping you right now. Because I, I, I was feeling love. I wanted to give love. And, and I told him, please come. I want to hug you, please. <laughs> and, and the way he answered back was this. He started picturing people on my mind. And he said to me, if you want to love me more, go and love them. Yeah. If you want to hug me, go and hug them. And you know that scripture where Jesus says, whatsoever you do it, and the little of these you're doing it with me, it was a whole lot more than a scripture. Because I was in that midst of intimacy with Jesus, with all his affections and his love and his presence. And then he says something like that to you, if you really want to love me more, go to the people. And I'm thinking, God, <laughs> man, you love people so much that to love you more means to go to people? Yes. Amen. Amen. That's, what, that's what's in his heart. So besides, faith is knowing, you know, again, uh, knowing Christ is in us. Faith is uh, knowing that when we speak, it's God speaking. 
Amen? Amen. That's why he says you can say whatever you desire and it will be done for you. If you believe that what you say come to pass, it will come to pass. Yeah. I remember a statement that God spoke to Reinhard Bonnke and he told him. You know Reinhard Bonnke? Yes. Amen. Okay. And, uh, uh, and God told Reinhard, he says, my word in your mouth is as powerful as my word in my mouth. And I thought, man, that sounds like God. And, and, uh, and, and I think that is so powerful. And, and that's this heaven confidence that yeah. God's word is his word. Whoever speaks it is his word. Amen. Amen. Yeah. That's right. I know this may mess with someone's theology, but do you know that even an unbeliever can just read up the scriptures and somebody can have faith yeah. in it's the gospel? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. And uh, yeah, so faith is no, listen, Christ is in me. And when I speak his word, it's as if God is speaking it. Amen. That's how the kingdom of God is advanced. Having faith and taking his word literally, he said he will be with me. He said it. It doesn't matter in the midst of darkness. I can be surrounded with enemies. Like David says, uh, and God will make a feast table with me in the presence of my enemies and I tell them even as a team as we've been praying that scripture has been coming up and, and confirming to different people you're going to have joy you know in the midst of whatever we're surrounded with why because of I believe him he will be with us yeah. amen. amen having faith and then love I tell you love is um, will take you and do things you never thought of doing. You know, love not only takes you the extra mile, it takes you quite a few miles. And, uh, and, 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 and I, it, we, it's, love is something that you grow in. Amen? Grow. I remember when I was asking Jesus for more love, He told me, the more, the, the, the more that you go, the more you respond to the love that I give you, the more I will give you. <laughs> It's like, if you're asking me for more, okay, use what you have. <laughs> you know, use what you have and you're going to keep growing. And guess what? It does. The more you do that, the more you grow in love. And, and, and that's been amazing. It's like, I, even when it comes to Muslims, people like, how? Like, I tell you, I, I love them. And this is not because I'm so spiritual. It's because Christ is in me. And His love is in me. And, and it's just, it's supernatural. It's love. I actually love Him. And, and I'm not going to get into too many details right now, but I tell even love for radical Muslims. I can explain it. You know, I find myself, in, when we're worshiping His presence, I start thinking about these different radical ones. And I have this love. And, and when God started to do that more and more, I found myself asking, God, I want to be like Ananias. You know, in Acts chapter 9. Yeah. You know, when, when, when God gave a vision to Ananias about Saul, which we know him as Paul, and, and, and he told him, uh, you know, he, if he told him, I want you to go to him. And, uh, and Saul, uh, I'm sure Ananias in the vision, uh, he told, this is after Saul had the encounter, the, the bright light came and, you know, he was persecuting Christians and, and, okay. So then he came to Ananias. Ananias, who's Ananias? Not like a really big Bible character, but hey. <laughs> He, oh yeah, he's, he's big. And, and uh, so, so he, Jesus, God came to him in a vision. And Ananias was like, no, <laughs> go to him? Like, I know the harm he's been doing to the church in Jerusalem. He's been terrorizing people, you know. 
And, and then God spoke to Ananias in this vision again, like, no, I'm going to use him. I'm, I have called him. I'm going to show him. He's going to suffer for my name. He's going to be a voice to the Gentiles. And he told them, God told them what street he was at, where house. And when he get there, what he will do? He told him, you're going to lay hands on him. His eyes are going to be open. He's going to be filled with my spirit. So Ananias thanked God. He went. And sure enough, it happened just as God told him. He lay hands on Paul. It says like scales fell off his eyes. He was filled with the spirit. And now we read about Paul. Yeah, amen. And I tell you, when I saw that, I said, you know, because we, uh, we want to be like Paul, of course. And, uh, and, but I was thinking, God, I want to be like Ananias. I want to I receive these visions and from you. Because I tell you, even in the Muslim world, it's filled with apostles that are about to come up from there. Amen. I tell you, they're all over there. And it, there's already happening. But I tell you, they are in those places. And God is going to use them. And He's just looking for people who love Him enough that will obey Him and see God's purposes that they're willing to, no matter the cost, I will go and I will be a voice for you. And, 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 and the more I tell, the more we do that, we are unstoppable. When we have love, we are unstoppable. Listen, if, if you have so much love for somebody that you're willing to die for them, who can stop you? That's why when, when certain Muslims, you know, when they're willing to strap bombs and blow themselves up. How can you stop someone like that? You can't stop them when they're willing to blow themselves up. When the believers, when they're not, when they don't save your, their lives, and they're willing to lose their life for His sake in the gospel, we are unstoppable. We are the most dangerous people in the world for the kingdom of darkness. Yes, and Jesus said, I tell you, He says, I've given you the spirit of love. You have love in your heart. You have more love than you realize that you have. Jesus said it in John 17. Yeah, somewhere there. He said it in John 17. He's, Jesus, He was praying, you know, in John 17. And He says, He said, um, um, I have declared for your, your name. He's praying. And I will declare that the love with which you have loved me will be in them and I in them. He told the God the Father, Jesus is talking to God the Father. And He says, the love with which you have loved me will be in them and I in them. Not only He is in us, but the same love by which God the Father loves God the Son is in us. Amen. That's pretty powerful. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty impressed with this. <laughs> yes, He is and I tell you, it's in you. Why? If God, the seed of God is in you, you have the love of Christ. Amen. Amen. That's why Paul said, what shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, shall trials, persecutions, hardships. He says, no, nothing can separate us from that love. Because it's inside. It's inside. And we want this agape love to grow. That's why Paul, uh, Jesus was asking Peter, I'm almost landing now. But uh, that's what... Uh, I'm preparing for London. Uh, just what Jesus told Peter, remember, after he was resurrected in the end of uh, the book of John. And Jesus asked him, Peter, do you love me? And you remember that? Yeah, he's looking for that. God is, Jesus is looking for that love in action. Peter, you know, if you know it, actually phileo love, and, but Jesus was actually using agape love. But the good thing, yes, uh, but the good thing is because Peter had just been 
you know, denied him and saving his life and doing all the bad things he shouldn't have done. But the good thing is, because right after Pentecost, something happened. Something happened. Peter was not saving his life now. He was not rebuking Jesus, telling him, no, it's not going to happen to you. And, you know, Jesus told him, you've got the things of man on your mind. Get behind me, Satan. No, when the Holy Spirit came and filled him, it says the love of Christ had been shed abroad on our heart by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. The Holy Spirit sheds the love of God on our hearts. Amen. More Holy Spirit, more love. Amen. More power, more boldness, of course. And all the fruit of the Spirit and the gifts of the Spirit. That's why I want to stay filled. And, and so the love, he has given us the love, that love that has been shed on hearts by the Holy Spirit. And Peter had that. Things changed with for Peter. He actually had that kind of love eventually that he was willing to die for him, which he did. Amen? Amen. Yes. Thank you, Jesus. I was meditating on this, you know, for a few days, and I was thinking, you know, and I saw the picture when I walked in here. Faith is walking on water. Yes. It is big. I mean, it's losing our life and just completely trusting God. Faith is walking on water. But I am rooted and grounded in love. Amen? Amen. I'm not just walking on water. I'm actually rooted and grounded in the love of Christ. Amen. That's one of the things that Paul prays for the church. That you will know his width, the width of his love, the depth, the height, the fullness of God. Because I want you to know this love. Uh, he walked in that love. Paul did. It took him to some places. And you continue to read in, in Romans 9. And he says, man, he says, I have so much love. He says, I wish myself a curse for the sake of my brethren if I could. I mean, that's that kind of love that identified with Jesus. That's like, man, if I'm going to be cut off from your presence for them, if I could, I'd do it. And of course... He couldn't do that because Jesus became the curse for them. But he felt what God felt. Man, I want them to get it. He was, you know, he was like, man, I want them to know you. Why? That kind of love. It doesn't, I tell you, faith and love. To push back doubt and fear. Yes. To overcome those powers of fear and darkness. It's a mockery to God. And we want to overcome it by faith and love. And we need to use it. And the more we use it, the more we grow in it. And the more others can see it. And the more others can want what you have. Amen? Amen. Yes. Let's grow. I tell you more in love. Love is... I'm, I'm going to finish. But love is actually the spirit of the battle. Huh. Love is the actual spirit of the fight that we are in. It's the spirit of the battle. I remember, you know, as somebody would ask Carlos Anaconda, you know, from Argentina, used mightily in, in, around the world, but the revival that started in Argentina. And they went and asked Carlos Anaconda, he's an evangelist and, and preaching these uh, around the world, and used him so mightily in this revival in Argentina. And they asked him, some people from Europe, they like to think a lot of them. <laughs> and and uh, so anyways, if he uh, from Europe went and asked Carlos Anaconda, why in your opinion revivals stop? And the example he used was this. When two men are in a, box, in a boxing ring, when the one that is attacking, the other one defends. 
He says, when the one that is attacking stops attacking, the one that's defending starts to fight back. Yes. He says, when the church stops fighting for lost souls, the enemy fights back. Wow. He, said, he said, what carries it, the battle is love. He says, when love for the lost stops, revival stops. Yeah. He says, if love is sustained, revival continues. He says, he says, the person who walks in love for souls, for people, walks in continual revival. And I tell you, love is what carries the spirit of the battle. It's not emotions. I tell you, let me add emotions. Like I saw in the office, yeah, we emotions are used, but don't let them rule us. <laughs> you know, and, and uh, but but love is the choices that we make. I love Jesus, and because I love Him, it tells us that we will keep His commands. Yes. It's yes. not well if and well, how about this, how about that. No, because if you love, you obey. Amen. If you love people, it doesn't matter what they're going to say or react. We love. There's no. I tell you, there's no greater love. It says than laying your life down for somebody else. Amen. And that is the love of Christ that is already inside of us. Amen. Paul wrote, Corinthians, the love of Christ compels us. Compels. It moves us to action. Is love, I tell you. If we have these two things, really grown up, faith, I believe in my trust. In, and then I tell you, love. Faith works true love. And, and the love compels us. We are unstoppable people. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Yes. Hallelujah. Let's stand. Let's stand together. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I... Thank you, Lord. I tell you, just like when I was praying earlier here, I know this is no surprise. And uh, um, you, the, so many nations represented in this room. Amen? You believe that? Amen. Amen. So many people represented is going to be reached through your life. So many. And I, I want to take this time to pray, uh, to, to pray for different people. But uh, we will do that. Paul said it, I, I, he says, I long to be with you, I believe, he said, to impart even to your spiritual gift. I mean, we give what we have. But also, I want to, uh, just right now, give an opportunity for those that may be, uh, that you've been carrying, I don't know what, uh, exactly how to word it, but heaviness. Somehow, there's heaviness that maybe you've been carrying in your heart. And, uh, and I tell you, Nothing is impossible with God. Amen. Nothing. Amen. Nothing. And even if you are here, and maybe God, I don't know, He's dealing with you. With certain things that somehow are, is holding you back. Yeah. Let, let's, let's, let's get it settled. Amen. Let's get it settled. Why? I tell you, God is for you. He's not looking to embarrass anybody. He's looking to revive to restore, to transform, and to heal, and put it on the right track. When God deals with me, I am not feeling uh, that I'm actually, it's a sign because He loves me. When God even disciplines me and points things out, I, honestly, I learned now that I tell Him, thank you that you love me enough to discipline, to speak to me, to tell me, because He loves me. 
And, and if that's you, and when we pray, I, I do want you to come to the front. And if God is, again, dealing with anything, it's distractions, maybe certain things that somehow you just let in your life. I tell you, or maybe uh, this, this fe maybe fear, maybe I, I've been fear or doubt that you feel that she's trying to grip you or somehow hinder you. I also want you to come and, and pray for you because that is a spirit, fear. But we overcome it with love and faith. And maybe you just simply, God, you feel you just need to surrender everything. Amen. Let's do it. And let's watch God move and do miracles and transform us and save the world through us. Amen. We're going to worship. And if you need to come, I, I just I wanted to just start, start coming. And uh, if somehow, yeah, God really speaking to you, I want to pray for you. Amen. Let's worship Jesus. As we begin Thank to worship, you. I want to encourage you, don't wait. Don't look around. Don't be a coward. Come. Be obedient to what the Lord has said. Ten yes. times the book of Deuteronomy says, do not be afraid. Not once or twice, ten times. Faith drives out fear, saints. Yes. Come on, some of you need to be filled with the Holy Ghost. Some of you want to pray in other tongues. Some of you want to prophesy. You want you want to stretch forth in faith. Jesus. This is not for us. It's for them. It's for them. We need to be clothed with power. I encourage you. Let Fabian pray for you. Yes, Jesus. As we worship, as we sing, lose yourself in his presence. Jesus. Forget about yourself. It's never been about you. It's about obedience to the king. Hallelujah.